tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Johnson. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Bam, get into it. Yes, as Queen Bee is saying, this is Scandal Episode 17. Put a ring on it, and we are the Fat Four here for the Afterbus TV Scandal After Show. Bam has the church fan over there, <laughs> the Afterbus TV logo. Guys, we're so happy to be here once again. We are your Fat Four, starting with me, Emil Innis Jr. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Cornelia. Hey, everyone. I'm Sophia Stanley. Hi, I'm Bam Erickson. Well, we love you gladiators so much. If you want to join us and join in the conversation and basically be the fifth person on the panel, make sure to follow us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. And tell everyone your handle so they can engage directly with you. On all social media, at Emil Ennis Jr. All social media, at Canelia. All social media, at Bam Erickson. Twitter and Facebook, Sophia Stanley. And now on Instagram, at the Sophia Stanley. So make sure to join the conversation. And as always, use hashtag ABTV Scandal. And we haven't done it in a while, so we are taking calls this show. Um, do we have any calls right now? <laughs> yeah? We'll go ahead and start with one then. Let's go ahead and knock one out. Gladiator, are you there on the phone? Hello? Hello? You know what? Well, we're going to just do, we want to do first impressions first, and then yeah. uh, Jonathan or... Oh, wait! Hello? Hello, hello. Hey! Who is this talking to us? Shane Brown. I'm calling from Newark, New Jersey. Oh, oh Newark. Jersey in the house? <laughs> Dirty Jays? Nah, I'm just playing. So what do you think about tonight's episode? I loved it. Uh, finally. It was incredible. It, it was it was absolutely incredible. Scandal is back. back. You feel like it felt like the old Scandal kind of vintage season one, season two? Yeah, I, I do. And, and I would tell you, the thing that I really loved about it was I was not a fan of the whole hostage auction storyline. But the fact is, it made for good flashbacks. And, and what I saw tonight was Olivia uh, being tormented, you know, at night alone, but then being the very strong Olivia Pope that we recognize from seasons one and two. I just absolutely fell in love with Olivia Pope all over again. It was wonderful. Perfect. What's your What's your handle on uh, Twitter or social media? Shane, it's uh, Shane B two zero seven seven four. We will tweet you and thank you so much for calling, man. Hey, that's what's up. I appreciate it. Mad love to the crew. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. you. <laughs> All right, guys. So what did you guys think of the episode? I personally enjoyed it. I don't know if I necessarily thought it was back to old scandal, but I didn't mind it compared to some of the previous weeks I've seen. 
Y'all know I, <laughs> y'all know, you you all know me and and how I am. I'm just over the drama. I'm glad it wasn't too dramatic because when everybody was like tweeting like, "Oh, it's gonna be great, it's gonna be amazing," I wanted to throw tomatoes at everybody because I thought it was gonna be too dramatic. Yeah, I appreciated it. It was it was good. I um I. I like there were certain aspects of it. Like I, I like the um, the coming back of why it was important for her to to be at the White House and then work with OPA. So I liked how they are how they're trying to transition her away from the the whole kidnapping thing. But I thought the storyline overall was weak. But there were moments. But for me, it was still weak, and I'll explain it as we go into um, breaking down the show. And, and this, I'm going to try to keep it short and sweet. If they had changed the name of the episode, and therefore we didn't have an inkling of what it was about, I would have liked the episode. Mm. So with no expectation, on its own, it was a good episode. There was something about the pace that felt calm, but not boring. However, because it was called Put a Ring on It, and because you gladiators are so intelligent and take screenshots and figure out what's going to happen, I think a majority of us thought that not only was there going to be an Olitz moment, but we'd get the backstory on the ring, we'd get the backstory on the navy sweatshirt. And because of that, I was let down. Because my expectation was that I was going to have potentially a Rose Garden moment. This was definitely not a Rose Garden moment. Fair enough. Well, let's go ahead and break the episode down and make sure you let us know what you think on social media. Um, So let's start with the scandal. I guess the scandal of the week, which is the fact that uh, Michael was seen out in public and a TMZ-like source caught him making out with the blonde dude. Um, I guess, and we talked about this briefly, but I wanted to save it for the room. The initial response to the fact that he was caught with um, somebody else we saw uh, they brought Quinn, they brought Cyrus, obviously, but it was nice to see Abby back at OPA handling the situation too. But when we were there, why do you think? Why do you think that instead of them going straight from we can spend this and make this, like make this in the the agreement that we had, why do you think they continued on with trying to force this marriage as opposed to squashing it right there? I'm still a little confused. I, 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 the minute we watched the show, that's what I said. When they said, "Oh, we're going to have a wedding," I was like, "No, you're you're actually not going to have a wedding." The young guy cheated on you. That's plausible, despite his background of being a gigolo or being a prostitute or whatever his background is. He cheated on you. I'm a scorned lover. Wedding's off. Move on. Right. Because it would, yes, it would run through the news cycle, but it would basically be like anyone who has a cheating whomever. You kick them to the curve and you keep it moving. And not only that, but it's an arranged relationship. So to get married makes a situation worse. Cyrus has already had um, the first marriage to Janet was a complete failure, a lie. And then I won't say that I won't say so much for James because I think he did love him, but I think it was his his doggish ways that ruined that relationship. But I don't understand why would he allow himself to be married again when you've had one and a half terrible marriages and you two don't love each other. I just thought it was stupid. Funny thing is and jump in whenever I actually thought it was a bad decision, but not for that reason. I thought they actually did an excellent job showing um, Cyrus's backstory, and I actually felt like 
he actually got two amazing people. Like, I think that what he showed is he actually really did love them. When he said, like, I need you, Janet, like, what would I do without you? Like, that was his best friend. That was his soulmate because it was, she was obviously to me a really good person she obviously loved him at the beginning of the relationship and she was in alignment with what his overall dreams were so his overall love to potentially be a power player she was in line with that so i think that he really did care about her the only problem is cyrus is selfish i think he definitely loved james but again cyrus is selfish and see, that's why I would disagree as far as Janet is concerned, because I felt like he was saying that he need her because I need you to be my wife so that I can go forth with my um, with my to a certain I, extent. Yeah. But how I think and it was it was the one line in there when he was talking to Robbie and he was saying um, people were getting sick around us and dying. I think it was more than just that, you know, she he needed her as a cover. It seemed like that probably was somebody he got close with, even though it was a short period of time. Um, back, if we look at James or Cyrus's age, back then, because they didn't know how to deal with this HIV AIDS thing, it was either you just they deal were, with it and be free. What they were married for sixteen years. It was sixteen. Yeah, no, that's yeah. A, that's I know, I'm talking beginning, about before the beginning of the, beginning of the marriage. So, before you even got so married. Like, gotcha. yeah. When that guy was talking to him, and he basically was like, "No, like people are dying. I'm not going to die because I can't control myself." Arguably, just if we run the math, that's like the early 80s. Because then, in his mind, he's probably thinking, I'm being punished by God. We can't get married already. If I have sex, I have the chance to get sick and die. Mm -hmm. So my only option is to either be single, lonely, and unhappy for the rest of my life, or I have this girl here who's Catholic. She wants to get married. I want to get married. Oh, I didn't take it that way. And And I... Once the episode played out, I didn't see anything bad about Cyrus getting married in this situation. Because... Based on who Cyrus is, he is, and he knows who he is at this point. Before he was just figuring it out. James was the first man that he was really with, and that he was really uh, willing to openly pursue and be in a relationship with. Janet was his wife, and you know they were married for sixteen years. But she clearly was uh, helping him with his plan. Who's going to marry Cyrus and put up with somebody like that? Mm -hmm. Nobody. And Cyrus, he seems like a really lonely guy. Mm -hmm. He has a young daughter. He can't love her the way um, a normal guy would because Cyrus has a very cold side. So there's nothing wrong. Yes, the, the arrangement was bad and the whole situation was effed up. You can't go into you can't go into a marriage with all the discombobulation between the two because I, I wish I could really use your your line but I can't quite use it for this but you can't go into a marriage first of all without love and you can't if you're if you're not you can't if you're healthy if you're not healthy yeah. you can because unhealthy people get in bad relationships all the time and they ride it out. Cyrus is not a healthy man. I agree. And, and I, he's been marrying a broken man. And I think also, so too... So, two the broken bro- people... Uh, just Okay. All but right. wait, oh, wait, about, Bam, are you talking about his 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 marriage to Michael? Or are you talking to, about to, his marriage to Janet and to, and to James? To Michael now. I don't think... See, and I disagree with you. And you want to know why? Why? At its very genesis, to me, a marriage is a contract. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's a contract between two people to agree upon certain things. That's why you have vows. To honor each other, to love each other, in sickness and health, so forth and so on. To me, what in the room right before they actually got married, Cyrus's monologue was his vows to him. Mm -hmm. And those vows actually, ironically, not only were very intimate, but they were more honest than he has ever been to anyone in his life. And really what he was saying is, I don't want to be alone. 
you don't want to be alone. I can promise you that. I can't promise you anything else, but I will promise you that you will no longer be alone and you will have someone who at least cares about you. That right there, whether or not we admit it or not, is the underpinning of all relationships, even when you actually are in love, even when you are a soulmate. I am not above admitting that I don't want to be by myself. I don't want to be alone. I think that's a big part of the human coupling and why human beings want to be with someone else because you don't want to do this thing by yourself. You want someone to literally and figuratively lean on. Well, let me ask something real quick. So what's the difference between Cyrus uh, getting married in this situation than back in the day when uh, the daughter, the 16-year-old daughter would get would go, would go end up pregnant and the daddy would take her, walk her down the street to the guy that knocked her up and say, you marry my daughter and then two weeks later y'all got married. Because and we're married for twenty for forty, fifty, sixty years. What's the Ooh. difference? I'll tell you exactly the difference. The difference is Cyrus is seventy two hundred years old and that's a sixteen year old girl. Sometimes sixteen year old girl will get knocked up by the old man. Right. We will walk her down the but street she, and she would marry have to marry him. But at sixteen she somewhat didn't have a choice and the times are different. All I'm saying is I felt like Cyrus should have suffered. You treated two oh. people bad. Okay. Oh, you treated I see that. you treated yes. Janet wrong and you made vows and, and it's so funny because I, although I did think that uh, James needed to die when we had that big, mm-hmm. th- but I, he needed to die for for entertainment reasons, not for his character. But the way he lied and treated treated uh, um, uh, um, James, he needs to suffer. He can't just all of a we sudden can, now. I can. We, we can, can move on. We can move on. Yeah, yeah. Before we move on, though, I will say I think ironically he is going to suffer though because he said. Pretty much, I'm marrying you because this is my last leg, so I can try to do whatever I'm trying to do in this political landscape and survive. But he said, I will never be able to fall in love with you, so he's going to pretty much die a lonely man. Even though they're married and together, he's not going to be happy. They're not in love. And as you see, by you marrying this guy, Michael, and even though Michael... How do I put it? Even Bam, his fan. Even though Michael um, pushed him away at first, and he gave him that hug at the end. It wasn't like a hug saying, "Oh, it could happen." It was more, "It is what it is." But forever, if you're that young, and even though Michael, I don't think he looks that good, but he looks good enough, I guess, for some people. But he's gonna end up resenting Cyrus as the years go on. So it's gonna be this constant struggle. So why marry? That's all I'm saying. Um, and just on a side note. The wig pieces for Cyrus, I think they oh should have. I think they should have cast a younger Cyrus versus those wigs oh, on his head. They should have cast a younger Cyrus because you went through a span of twenty years. And oh, come on, Cyrus, come on, y'all. They look like Cabbage Patch here, the boy ones. Okay, do we have a caller? Yep. Okay. Caller, are you on the line? Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. Who are you speaking with? Uh, uh, Joseph, uh, is this a scandal episode? It yes, is. It How is. are you, Joseph? Hi. <laughs> Hi, Gladiator so Joseph. Oh, um, how Just are take you a deep breath. Take a deep breath. We're good. How are you doing? I'm doing quite all right. Okay, Where are you so- calling from? Um, I'm, I'm from, uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, what? Oh, what? what part? Atlanta. They still um, say that. I- <laughs> I'm from, I'm from Decatur, but like... Where okay. it's greater? Okay, no, I don't fool with Decatur. Wow. <laughs> you don't fool with Decatur. Oh, no. no, we got beef. No, I'm down from Cascade, but we won't go there. <laughs> okay, but who's uh, what, what? What did you think about? Because um, we're talking right now about the um, relationships that Cyrus had over the years. So, what do you think about this marriage with Michael? I uh, okay. 
this about about the entire episode, I felt like this was everything's coming up Cyrus. This was his seven fifty two. And and I feel as though he knows how to fix fits. Yet it's like when it comes to them trying to fix him and try to help him, it's like out of this it, it can't be done. It can't be done. So I don't see why he can't just just go with this marriage, even though he knows he's not going to be in love with this man. Like, just write it out. It has to be done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a good well point. Well said. Yeah. His so legacy what? is tarnished, and he just, he won't be able to go in the public eye. Like, like when uh, Olivia called him before she got kidnapped, before um, when she called him a bitch baby, and he was willing to, like, after, after that speech, he was like, yes, you know what? got to do this. Why is it that he can't go back to that moment and just just write it all out? Okay. What, nothing, nothing has changed. He, the man that he met is the same man. Like It's like what Maya Angelou uh, said. When someone shows you who they are, believe them. It's yeah. the same man that, you know, used to, that was paid to sleep with you. So he's going to be, he's going to be a prostitute. He's going to sit around and mm-hmm. just now you know that he actually he actually loves you, yet you cannot reciprocate. Yes, that's understandable, but you still have to write this out. Mm-hmm. Very well said. Where, where, um, where can we find you on Twitter? Um, I'm at uh, Joe Crowley94. Okay, perfect. We are going oh, yeah. to tell you. Yeah, but can you do us a favor? Can you tweet us right now so that we have you locked in so that we can just kind of quote a lot of the things that you're saying? Because if, if you're actually watching me too, I literally wrote down all of your quotes because it was just, it was it was miraculous. Everything is coming up Cyrus. This is his 752. Yeah. I think that's a favorite thing that yeah. you said. Yeah. I, 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 will, I will tweet you. And I also want to say, Sophia, thank you for wishing me a happy birthday on Facebook a few weeks ago. Oh, you're very welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you so All much, right, Joseph. Well, it's, uh, it's getting pretty late. I just want to make sure I was able to actually talk to you guys because I love you guys so much. I've been with you guys the entire four years. Aww. I, I just want to make sure I called in. <laughs> Thank so, you, so, thank so, you much. so much, Joseph. We really appreciate it. That's why Gladiators rock. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. All right. Thank, thank you so you much. I will, I will try to talk to you some um, sometime along, uh, along the road. All right. Down All the right. Road. Okay. Keep it tight in the cater. The cater where it's greater. I cannot. I cannot. All right. So Liv and Melly. Remember after the scandal came out, Liv immediately wants to twist it and turn into her fixture mode. And she positions this to Melly, who's going to run for senator. Um, And she's saying you can use this to your platform to go against your husband, stand on your own beliefs, and say, I have a definitive standpoint on homosexuality and all that stuff. Um, Did you think that this approach was smart for Melly and her platform? No. Why not? She was unaware of all the issues that were, excuse me, all the issues that were to come forth. What was she? She was unaware. Yeah, she. How could? But I don't. I don't think you can. I don't think you could stand make a a a statement like that without knowing the possible repercussions. This is Liv basically dropped her some words saying, you know, this is going to help you, blah, 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 blah. And any opportunity that she gets and for the and for the fact that uh, um, that she's doing this without Fitz's consent, that was all Millie needed to go forth. 
So you think she just blind follow without thinking? Yes. What about you, Sophie? Um, I, I think it's twofold. I think that on one level, yes, she should always do her homework, and I think that sometimes she doesn't strategize effectively. Most importantly, and Lizzie brought it up, you definitely talk to your campaign manager. However, I think the the gut aspect. If, in fact, she wants to be more presidential, she does need to think for herself. She does need to separate herself from her husband and run on a platform which is in alignment with with how she actually thinks and how she would possibly govern. Now, however, to me, hosting a wedding isn't the way to do it. And I need to be very careful of how I say that, how I say this. Hosting a wedding at the White House, to me, seems very First Lady-ish. Thank you. Right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't sure. seem like something that a senator of Virginia would do. A senator of Virginia would possibly have hold a roundtable for immigration issues or hold a roundtable on gay marriage and how other um, Democratic countries deal with gay marriage and or partnership arrangements. Do you see where I'm going? Mm-hmm. But a wedding... Seems very much exactly what a first lady would do. So I think that it just made me see her again as the first lady and not necessarily as someone who possibly could run the country simply because you threw a great wedding. And on top of that, I noticed, ironically, that her and Olivia's hair were very curled. And so uh, particularly for for Melly, for Melly the, the way her hair was curled, it was very first lady, very bubbly, very like party planner versus... Like a versus like a Hillary Clinton where it's like you know nice and straight you know yeah even the keeper in the cardigan and the dresses yeah. and the one you know the one piece sets but I, you know I'm on the team of let Melly keep doing this stuff so she can lose let Melly keep on you know putting these parties together <laughs> and keep setting herself up so she can get slapped in the face and then really have to step up right. because Melly is an achiever. And once an achiever gets outworked and she sees that she's getting outworked, then you snap back into reality and you start to work. So I think she needs to keep doing this so she can actually learn for herself. And before we take the next call, what do you guys think about the way she handled Lizzie Bear and how she kind of went toe-to-toe with her? She bossed up on her. I was surprised. But it was cute. (laughs) But she was still wrong. She was not wrong. Well, yes, I will was. say this. She, she was wrong. Maybe she was wrong for not going to Lizzie Bear. However, if you are running for office, and let's not forget, even though she this, she's trying to be a senator, she's still the first lady. Don't you come in my office and talk to me the way you think you can talk to me and act and, and, and boss up on me because you still are in my house. This is my house. So she, in that regard, she should have bossed up on Lizzie Bear. Somebody needs... I give props to Lizzie Bear because somebody told her what she needed. I'm so cold. Keep talking. Oh. No, and, and I and I think it's a really good point because I initially was when she was talking, I was thinking to myself, no, she's wrong. But literally because Melly amped up on her, I basically was like, I actually don't care if she's wrong. I'm just happy that she bossed up. Yeah. Because that's actually the Melly I need her to be. I need her to be the person to be like, no, you you must got this tw- twisted. I'm in charge. So I tell you what to do and you execute it. That's really the only reason I need you. I need you for your Rolodex, not necessarily for strategy because I got that handled. And to me, everything about her body language, her physicality, and even when Lizzie left, did you see how she kind of did that that long blink? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Girl, bye. <laughs> She did give my wig. Do we have a caller? All right. Um, we are taking calls all night. I feel like we have a radio show right now. Yeah. Uh, who do you have on the line? Hello? 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 Hey. What is your name, caller? It's Lonnie. Lonnie, where are we calling from tonight? Texas. What part? Beaumont. 
Beaumont. Oh my gosh, my family's from Beaumont. <laughs> yeah, you're awesome. We're awesome. <laughs> so what did you think of tonight's episode? What did you think about the whole uh, Cyrus uh, getting married and, and Olivia and Fitz moments, the flashbacks? What did you think? Everything. Tell us. Oh my gosh. So I'm a big Olive fan, so I'm sorry. Ooh, whatever. Don't I'll be sorry. Ain't no but, um, <laughs> but I was so happy to finally get the, the ring flashback. Obviously, it had to be something behind it. Duh. But um, I'm really kind of on the fence about the Cyrus thing. It's kind of like weird the way it went down. I was with y'all. I was kind of like expecting them to shut it down, but I don't know. Maybe Olivia's still off from the whole kidnapping thing, so mm-hmm. maybe, I don't know, she's not thinking right or something. Very well said. Okay. So you think you think that the whole wedding should have been shut down instead of them going through it and enforcing it the whole time? Yeah, I think they should have shut it down like as soon as they're like displaying this dude's picture all on TMZ or whatever their fake OMG website was. <laughs> but um, <laughs> as soon as they uh, show the picture, they should have shut it down or they should have like immediately went in with, oh, here, it was a party, hurry up and, you know, fix it. But it kind of seemed like they, they kind of drove their feet the whole episode trying to fix it. Well said. Yeah, well said. Well said. And where can we find you on Twitter or social media? I am at Lonnie Renee. Okay. How do you spell that? L-O-N-N-I-I-R-E-N-A-E. Perfect. And make sure you tweet us right now. So like Sophie said earlier, we can log in and make sure we follow you and tweet you and all that good stuff. Totally. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you, you for, for calling. calling. All right, guys. That was. I mean, I agree with everything she said. <laughs> Goes right back to the beginning of the episode. What we said. Um, so let's. Since she brought up um, living fits, let's go ahead and jump, <laughs> and then we'll jump back to some other stuff. Um, you know, I am an Olitz fan. Beyond, however, how? I mean, okay. And maybe it is because of what you said, Sophie. I was uh, because people were tweeting. Oh, I feel like it's going to be old skin. Uh, I think when people tweet me that stuff, it kind of gets me a little amped up. So I was, what? How did you guys figure that this had something to do with Fitz and Lib when we knew that it had something to do with Cyrus? Because people were tweeting us saying, and, and it was and in the preview. Yeah, put like, a ring on it. Literally, think about it. What episode was it where, where Emil literally said, oh, about the ring, they're going to have a flashback episode called The Ring. Yeah, because she threw that ring and there's fast- no explanation. We yeah. had no clue about where the ring came from. And then literally fast forward, you have an episode called Put a Ring on it. I knew, I saw from the clips from last week when we were together that the wedding had something to do with Michael Right, and but Cyrus. you know they always show preview clips in the middle of the week like the fans always and theoretically the put on a ring on it title was specifically regarding when Fitz gave her the ring in Vermont yeah. so it was that but I think that what you're saying Emil and jump in is that because of that you thought you were going to get a different type of an Olitz moment right. and possibly this was even though it was informative it was a little bit of a letdown. I wasn't expecting the trail, but I mean, I was expecting something that had me feeling a certain type you, of way. You wanted I, to have to fan yourself, yeah, right? I, was, I, I thought no, they were going to be slobbing it down. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, yeah, no. The fan wasn't no. needed. I should throw away the fan. <laughs> as disgusting as it would have been if they would have sealed the deal on Cyrus's wedding night bed, it still would have been a moment where I could have been, oh, damn. Like, well, they, I can't. They, <laughs> remind me, though, when we talk about news and gossip, I have a theory okay. that I'm going to share with everybody. Well, they got your asses. <laughs> I mean, but they I did, mean, right, man? They had a moment. <laughs> though we see I, mean, I guess I'm just tired that I know moment was boring it, okay listen listen y'all ain't gonna drag living fits right now okay <laughs> but you know what though but okay let, let's actually go back let me let me try not to to be let down I did actually really like and it's something that we've talked about before and I think Cornelia you've talked about in terms of 
Olivia possibly doesn't know what she wants. Exactly. To me, there was something extremely endearing about a bunch <clears throat> of things. Not only was it a family ring, but it was a family ring that 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 traditionally he should have given to his wife. Right. Even before Olivia was in the picture, that to me means he knew that Melly wasn't the love of his life. Mm-hmm. The reason I think that is important, because it co- goes back to the whole discussion that we've had uh, you know, in other episodes, whether or not Olivia, quote-unquote, was a homewrecker. To me, she was not because it proves that the marriage was never fully intact, number one, or at the time when she came to be, they weren't really together, number one. Number two, they weren't soulmates. Because if they had been soulmates at the time that they got married, even when we saw the flashback to the Mellies episode, hands off the first lady, he would have given her the ring then. I think the fact that he was saying to her, I'm giving you the ring not so that you can love me, I'm giving the ring for you to be happy, is kind of a corollary to the whole Michael situation. Really what he's saying is, I'm your someone. It doesn't matter if you love me, it doesn't matter if you want to be with me, I will always be your someone. So meaning you will always have someone who cares about you, who will literally die for you, and arguably who killed for you to save you. That is who I am. And by you putting on that ring, I just know that you're out there and theoretically that you're safe and in an ideal world that you're also happy. Very well said. Agreed, but she's still a homewrecker because it's a marriage and you can, broke can, the, Could he just have given me a beat, y'all? Sorry. No, could she's, he just, could just had, had like, like, like gone, oh, that was an excellent point, yeah. Sophia, right. regarding yeah. Olet's pause. It was three, two, two one. one. She's a homewrecker still. <laughs> but, um... I thought now I have to fan myself. I Please the, do. I thought the moment with the with the whole thing with the ring, I thought that was great. But then the moment when he came in, uh, there was a moment where, for me, it fell flat with the music and so forth. I felt like it was somewhat pushed, and I didn't I didn't feel it as I normally do. Uh, like I didn't oh, feel well, I would it. agree with so that. So you're saying that the actual sparks of the scene you didn't feel like no, you didn't get any of that normally that raw yeah. olich when the music comes up and they swell well, think, and the electricity changes. I think the problem even, is even um, even um, earlier in season four when they were in the um, in the White House and they did the pinkies like you normally can just kind of feel it like right. oh you get a little moment of it and I didn't feel it this time. Yeah. Well. M- well, maybe they're trying to make a, take a realistic stance about it. Every time you see the person that you that you love or love of your life, it ain't sparks. Every time you he comes <laughs> to the door, it's true. You could be in love with someone married married to them for years and years. Every time they they step in, and I'm not married, so I don't know for a fact. But talking to people who are in love, it ain't sparks every time. Yeah. Sometimes they come to the door and you're like, "Here come this fool." <laughs> you got that sweatshirt on again. I saw the sweatshirt last time, and I'm tired of seeing the sweatshirt. What? So that's what I I felt like, and she was like, "I told you the White House is is you." And to me, I didn't think there were supposed to be sparks if it was realistic to the moment. Okay, okay. I think yes. people wanted to speak to be sparks because, of course, the show is driven by Olitz and and Fitz. But I didn't feel like sparks were supposed to be there. The ring was nice. But y'all know that I'm not. Well, the okay. whole time I was like, "Oh, did he sneak up here while Melly wasn't looking?" Because it was he's still he's still sneaking around at this point in the backstory. So I couldn't, you know, I can't get past. Well, I think that. that's so that's the tomato. True. My thing is, it goes back to what Bam saying about the music. Then the music usually has you feel a certain type of way because that song is connected to so many previous episodes and so many different emotions. Then it's this conflict because I'm like, the music's telling me one thing. But the actual scene is just not... And not just that. The music, the scene, and they're in Vermont! Yeah. Everything you know that I mean? should like, be... I'm, I'm starting to feel like the that they're messing with me. I really wanted to curse, 
But I, I, I feel like they're mis- messing with our us Olitzers on purpose, and it's actually starting to irritate me. Because, again, you have a wedding, you have the ring, and you have Vermont, and that's all we got. <clears throat> so what did you think about, and this is where maybe we all wrote our eyes, when she walked to the White House, or not walked, <laughs> when she went to the White House, into the Oval Office, and she tells Fitz, I need you to sign this, and she purposely has her hands there, and the ring isn't on there. Yeah, no, I said off camera, I'm so tired of the games. Either wear the ring or don't, girl. Decide. <laughs> Are you going to wear it or not? Because then later we see her with the ring back on. If you're going to wear it, wear it. If you're not going to wear it, don't wear it. So how but you- one day you got the ring on, and then two days later, you're like, let me put the ring on. And then you take it off again. Like, that. that, that that's silly. So it's she's been having these nightmare flashbacks. What do you think happened? Like, what in the flashback do you think caused her to say, I need to I need to put that ring back on? It's because I think she remembered that when she thought she was going to die, the person she thought of was fit. It's true. It's it's literally that simple. Think about it. That's, that's literally what she kept going back to, was fit and her love for fit. So... She realized that, that that's never going away. And that's something that she needs in her life, number one. Number two, she also needs it in her life if she's theoretically going to get back to normal. Even though I want her to evolve, True. but ironically, to get back to normal, she needs to put the ring back on. Because that's a, an actual... She made too drastic of a... Right. And it's part of who she is. Get it's it. part of who she is. Do we have a caller to talk about Fitz? Hope. No? Okay, cool. Um, So make sure you uh, let us know what you think about Fits and Live on iTunes and YouTube. Leave a comment. Rate us five stars, hopefully. Click the like button, thumbs up, all that good stuff. We do read the comments. We love you guys so much. Um, You can tweet us and follow us. uh, Me, all social media, at email, and it's junior. Me, at Canelia. Me, at Sophia Stanley, and and on Instagram, the Sophia Stanley. (laughs) (laughs) We're so happy Sophia's on Instagram now. (laughs) And me, at Bam Erickson. Perfect. Um, So... Abby and Leo. I'm on the fence with this relationship. I have, I, it's literally a love-hate relationship because Abby and Leo's relationship kind of feels like what some of Olivia's previous relationships should have been like, but couldn't be like. In a way that even though they have, uh, in a way they, even though they have like um, the, the business and the pleasure, Liv didn't know how to, how to have a, a how to cross the line without going too far over the line or without revealing any information. What would she say? The Chinese wall. Mm-hmm. She had that Chinese wall. She just couldn't let down. But well, I maybe feel- she couldn't let it down because she didn't want to let it, want to let it down. Because we haven't. That was Edison. She seemed like she wasn't really feeling him, and we haven't seen her day to day with a man. So we don't know if she would be like that normally, or if she was just doing that with him. Like how? How is Olivia in a day to day relationship? You're right. How? Because Fitz is not with her all the time. Yeah. But- so who cares? I want to talk about Abby and Leo for a second because I have, to, I have to admit, I there's something about their relationship that I really do like. I like Leo. He's really good for Abby, and he's honest. When Abby confronted him about, did you go and blab to Sally Langston? He was like, <laughs> I sure did. Well, you know what I like about them? They're equals. Yeah. Yeah. They're equals. Completely. And in every aspect of their relationship, there's no, there's no, um, tra- like, well, we'll talk about this in a minute, but there's no, um, no part of their relationship where you feel like one person is keeping one thing from another. I mean, to a certain extent. But they seem like they're very open and honest with each other. Sexually, uh, every everything they talk about, like, everything seems to be right there in the open. However, when we had the thing where um, she says pretty much, or he says, confesses that he's the one who's revealing this out of length, and he's, like, laughing about it because he's working for her. 
I did not like how Abby once again goes behind his back and gets on his phone to to see what's up and to get those voicemails and stuff because if the relationship is what I thought it was and now my whole vision is skewed and this is why I'm on the fence part of me feels like and correct me if I'm wrong do you think that if she would have asked can I listen to those voicemails he would have let her <laughs> right no, yeah. I don't know though I honestly don't know. Oh, he would have never. You know, I don't he think he would have never. Yeah. He's competitive. The, the, just like you said, because they're equals, they're both competitive and they're both winners. Yeah. Would you would you let her listen to your voicemails? Because then you're going to lose. True. And I think but, that's why it works. It works because they're both competitive, and that's why he said to her straight up. So if you had gotten the information, you wouldn't have used it. I love that part because she couldn't say anything. Yeah, Shut down. Shut down. And I, yeah, that was my only problem is that she went and listened to the emails because right when the relationship was equal, then you went and did the dirty thing, and it's like, okay, now. But Abby, Abby broke into David's house when they were together <laughs> and got butt naked and, and got in the that, shower with him. I, I, I get that, but <laughs> Leo, she's just that kind of woman. Well, I like them two together, and she's gonna lose her man if she don't if she don't stop back and right. So I think Leo's wait, going no, back nowhere. Up, back no. up, back up. What do you, what do you think that she did wrong to potentially lose her man? No, I was actually being facetious. I'm just oh, saying in general. I'm just saying in general. Like you got to. Oh you, no, you like you better keep that yeah, man, girl. You, yeah, she has a good thing. Like don't, don't mess it up, Abby. Okay, yeah. I can get with that. Do you have a caller? Okay, uh, caller. Welcome to the Scandal After Buzz TV After Show. Hi, yes, I'm Stephanie. Ooh, Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. You have a nice voice. Oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> you got a quiet storm voice. Right. <laughs> Where are you calling from, Stephanie? I'm from Fort Worth, Texas. Okay, two Texas in a row. Um, so, yep. are you an Olitz fan, first of all? Yes, I am. And I wanted to comment, um, at that point in the backstory, Nellie did know. Because Nellie had given that pin back, and that is when Olivia quit the White House. So they weren't really sneaking at that point. Okay, I get that. Yeah, I, I can see that. I know you don't like to be the sneaking part. Yeah, that's the part. I, that's the part I don't like. Were, were you let yeah. down by the scene? Did you, as an Olitz fan, did you like mm-hmm. the Vermont, Vermont scene, or were you let down? I was let down, but I I liked it because I've been holding on. I'm serious. I'm ready to stop watching Scandal if they couldn't give me a drink of water tonight. I, I told I told my dad because he asked me every Thursday night, "Are you okay?" Oh my god! <laughs> and I said, "No, I'm not." And I'm just getting tired because it's the premise of the show. And no, it doesn't have to be all 22 episodes. No, but I need a drink of water every now and then. So I, I, I was happy that. I was um, to see right. that bit. I'm, I'm, I'm going to quote that. Right? I need, to, <laughs> I need my mouth to get a little wet. <laughs> but, with, but you know, with Leo and Abby, I, I don't like it because I can't compare it to Liv and Fitz because Liv and Fitz seem like soulmates and Leo and Abby, I can't really see that. So that's why I can't even make the comparison at all. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you think this is just yeah. another one of her flings? Well, yeah, I mean, I like it. it. It works for her. It works for Leo, but I can't see them as a long term. And and that's why when I know you were saying that Olivia can't get the same thing in her day-to-day relationships, but she's not supposed to. I, I can't even compare Abby and Leo to Liv and Fitz. That's just not even on the same playing level. Okay. All right. We love the opinion. Um, so where can we find you on social media? I'm not on social media. <laughs> that's fine. No, that's fine. At least you got to talk yeah. to us on here, though. 
Yeah, I love watching. I watch every Thursday night, so I have fun with you, and then I'm just off. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, thank Stephanie. You. We really you. appreciate it. Okay. Right. Thank, thank you, you. Gladiator. Keep up the good work. I love watching all of you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right. So that was good. Somebody who didn't like the Abby and Leo relationship. Um, I like that. So uh, we talked about everything. Um, Sally Langston. Oh my! First of all, I was happy to see her back. Me too. I missed her. I think we all were. Yeah. Weren't we all? Yeah, like, we there's something about her character that's refreshing. I think I like any character that pretty much is not afraid to speak their mind. And if any character is not afraid to speak their mind, Sally Langston, unless somebody traps her and says that her husband slept with a prostitute and mm-hmm. shuts her down. But <laughs> Sally Langston, like, she has her own show now. Was it The Liberty Report? Mm-hmm. Uh, Let Freedom Ring? <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I mean, it's the perfect show for Fox News. Like, I, I love it. I love it. It's perfect for Sally Langston's character. And we see that she still... I like how when after... They realized that he was sleeping around with this Philip Reed dude, and um, Sally booked him as a guest. I like how Liv went in there and tried to pitch her the fact she could be Secretary of State, she could do all this stuff, and she pretty much said, no, the power is actually here. I have over four, or almost four million viewers. Yeah. Like, this is where all the power is. You don't, you think it's inside that little square radius outside <laughs> of the White House, and it's not the case, because all these people are listening to me, and we really affect the change of the world. Now, I'm not saying this only because I love to kill people off, but I think Sally <laughs> Across the line with offering ten thousand oh, yeah. dollars, like chick, come on now, you you crossed the line. She needs to die. Fam, you can't kill everybody now. <laughs> she and she died on Grace. She can't die on both shows. I don't so care. She's living. She's but, living long. She's dead on Grey's She's yeah, she's mm-hmm. Meredith's mom. She's dead. Oh, but she Y'all was. I don't watch Grey's like that. She was out of pocket for offering ten thousand. <laughs> that was that was too much. Well, she needs to die. She needs it's, to. It's it's organic to Sally and people. If that's the case, Cyrus should have kicked the can a long time ago. If we're talking about being evil and doing grimy stuff and and you crossing the line, Cyrus tried to kill his husband in broad daylight on the steps of the Capitol building. But Sally is literally trying to take down the entire... She needs to die. I'm sorry. She she needs to be punished (laughs) for what she did. $10,000? That was too much. I would have kicked the bread. This this is my question, though. Because I... think that Sally's character is brilliant and I think the reason it's brilliant is because theoretically it symbolizes we the people mm-hmm. right the mm-hmm. press and us are we the people if we the people do not know what's going on in the White House can we adequately elect people to then represent us so is it actually wrong for Sally to say that the people have the right to know the truth about what is going on in the White House and I want to know the truth so much so that I want to arm myself, like she said, not with guns, but with the truth, so much so that I'm willing to pay for it. But Sally's a hypocrite, though. But no, no, no. But before we go on, but that but in of itself, is that valid? Is now, valid. I think she should die. You can jump in. Okay. Because you got dirt. Like, you literally have dirt yeah. sitting here sanctimoniously in your nice little studio talking about the truth. Was immoral, was not immoral. Do you know what I mean? Felicia. And, like, you killed your husband with, what was it, scissors? No, it was like a, 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 a letter, letter opener. opener. Yeah. Does it make sense? And then got away with it. Let alone that you have a child who did something which arguably isn't wrong, but you run on a platform saying that it's wrong. Right. So that, I felt, was not only hypocritical, but part of me was like, okay, cool, Sally. Go pay your $10,000. But someone else better pay someone some money to get dirt on her. 
So I didn't think what yeah. she did was wrong, but I hope it comes back on her tenfold. Actually, I take away my bye, Felicia. Bye, Sally. That's the new thing. Oh, yeah. I like bye, it. Sally. Bye, Sally. Bye. Um, and before, I want to talk briefly about Michael, though, because I think there was something in this episode with his backstory that was a little a little sad because we saw with his parents, his parents weren't accepting, and it was kind of heartbreaking at the dinner. His parents are there. And granted, he said that they didn't have the best relationship. He hadn't talked to them in three years. Cyrus is being the bulldog. He is trying to shut the relationship down and do it while his parents are there. And I'm like, first of all, if I don't care his about his background, that he's a sex worker and all this stuff and what he's done to you. The fact that you're willing to do this with his parents there and the... I thought it was wrong. Like, if he's going to break up with her and make it turn around, I feel like he should have done it in a private moment. Or not private, a moment where it was just the two of them, not his parents involved, too, and his parents already don't really have any love for him anymore. Well, what I didn't like about the situation is, I'm, this is shady, Cyrus, you are Michael's elders. You need to defend Michael for what they did to him because you've gone through this with... You've gone through this your enti- your entire life about hiding. Mm-hmm. The parents said something mm-hmm. about how we didn't paid all this money to take you to camp to be fixed and so forth. You should understand where he's coming from, and you should have defended your per- your husband. But I think in that moment it was organic because I feel like it would have been out of place for him to jump in and defend only because. I think because of the nature of how he went into the dinner, it'll be different if he went into the mm-hmm. dinner not planning on doing it. But the fact that. He's in his mind saying, oh, they're going to be gone soon because he was planning on making the scene where they break up there. So the fact that he had all this stuff in his mind, how it's going to go down, and then he sees that his soon-to-be husband, or whatever he's doing in that moment, um, is now having a moment with his parents where he didn't know all this back history. Then it changes the whole landscape. So you're like, oh, shit. In his mind, he's like, what what the f*** do I do right now? What do I do? But it's sad because I think I like how... I like how they addressed it where there are still so many families out there who don't agree with this lifestyle. And it's heartbreaking to see that as he's going to his marriage, and that's why the monologue was so poignant, but it's heartbreaking to see that as he's going to his marriage, he's saying, I pretty much have no one. And that was the worst part to hear. Like, I have no one. I'm a sex worker, first of all. So when I do have sex, it's not out of love. People are just paying me. It's all about payment. And the fact that he's a sex worker and gets paid, and his parents got paid just to sit there and have dinner with him. Yeah. But I also, but you bring up an excellent point, and I actually show, I, I think that showed the hypocrisy. True. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? True. So it showed the hypocrisy of them sitting there and being sacrilegious when you're basically prostituting yourself. Yeah. So if you, if you believe in your morality that much, I don't care if they're offering you more money than he made in his whole lifetime. You're, you still hoard yourself out, right? right. That's the, the genesis or the, the definition of the word. So I thought it was poignant for them to say that, that they were getting paid just to show up to the dinner and then also to show up to the wedding, yeah. given the morality of what they believed in of trying to whatever. I can't even... Mm, All thing. Yeah, yeah. I agree. All right. Well, guys, um, if we miss anything, we can still continue the conversation online on social media. What's up? Can I just... I'm going to shout out a couple of people who are online watching yes. us live. We have NBA Gladiator. We have Key Dig. We have Jade Tippins, Natrina Lawson, Fiorentino... Tina Five, Miss Misses. How about Beth, Benson, Olivia, Katrina Lawson? I think I already did those. Mimi Goddess, Mallory Curtis, Cassandra Shoots, 
and a whole bunch of other people. We just really want to tell you that we really appreciate you watching live. We appreciate you watching later, and we appreciate you listening on iTunes. We really want you to know that this really is a five-person panel, and you guys are the fifth person. So make sure to continue the conversation on also social media at hashtag ABTV Scandal. Ooh, ooh. And now it's time for Cornelia's Cold Piece of the Week. So, cold piece of the week for Scandal Season 4, Episode 17, has to go to the obvious choice, Miss Sally Langston. When we first saw Sally Langston, she was on set. I thought it was an episode of the 700 Club on the, on the church channel. Y'all remember the show with the lady, and they had the 700 Club, and it was slide across the background, and then it would be in gold or whatever. That's where I thought she was. I thought she was on the church channel because Sally is a Bible thumper. But she was not. She was... Uh, on her own show, posing as an evil version of a Hillary Clinton with the whole haircut. She had Hillary's haircut. She had Hillary's pantsuit on. She had Hillary's makeup. She had everything Hillary does down pat, but with uh, with an evil undertone. She was grouchy the whole episode. She had dirt, like Sophia said. She Bam wants to kill her. <laughs> For all those reasons, we give her cold piece of the week. But on top of that, she is a trick-ass Traquisha. That's what we name her. She's a meddling Montoya. I cannot give her the Shady Shaniqua Award because that forever goes to Miss Quinn. But for all of those reasons, I will give Miss Sally Langston cold piece of the week. Let us know online who your cold piece of the week is. And let us know if you have a cold piece at of the week as well. Oh my gosh! And let us know if you know a, what a trick ass trick trickquisha trickquisha. Oh, do better, um, <laughs> uh, guys! Make sure you tweet us. Uh, we love you. Let's go into. I think Bam has some news and gossip. I do. So uh, the first thing that I, I want to mention is, uh, you know, last time, um, I think it was last year, Kerry Washington, you know, had broke some barriers when she became the ninth black female to host Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live, which um, in a span of 40 years, that's that's not a lot. Well, it was announced today that Taraji P. Henson, who stars on Fox's Empire, she will now be the 10th black female to host Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live and she'll be hosting that on April 11th. So congratulations to her and just what all these women of color are starting to do and just break down barriers in film and television. So I think it's great. Perfect. And also, and then another thing, if um, you guys haven't uh, noticed, uh, Regina King, who's an actress from, uh, you've known her from 227, from um, from Ray, from um, from South Lane, which ironically, the character who played Janet, she they they played um, they played on South Lane together. So I thought that was good. And then um, she, she directed direct, the episode. She, yeah, so she directed the episode, and um, which was really interesting is she's an actress, but she joined this program called the Disney ABC Directors Program, where anyone who's in the entertainment industry can apply to be a director. And so she applied. She went to school and she learned how to take the necessary steps and she said that she wanted to do ABC because scandal was her goal and she wanted to be able to uh, to direct that so I think she's I just working. I just think that's really great and then she's also um, she's also on American Crime mm-hmm. which follows after scandal so I just think it's great um, that she's doing what she's doing and my favorite role of Regina King is is when she played Aisha in Poetic Justice Emil, go ahead and brush that weak ass fade. I cannot. I was just going to quickly say, I think she also uh, directed a couple episodes of uh, Being Mary Jane. But I definitely Mm -hmm. think that 
uh, Shonda Land is doing something incredible because I think she she has a lot of actors direct, mm-hmm. and I think that that very much makes sense to me because just from what you said, it seems like what Regina King has arguably a twenty year career. Yeah, Tony Goldwyn I think has also about a twenty year career, and some other actors that have shot because I think that it shows. I think that's why this show has kind of an insider feel. Think about it. This show has a certain intimacy where Debbie we Allen where too. we definitely feel like we're inside the show and we're a part of it versus being a spectator looking in. And maybe that's because she has so many directors who are looking at it from the vantage point of an actor. Mm-hmm. And an actor's used to being in front of the camera amongst the other actors versus looking from the outside. So maybe that's why Sean is able to have the, a different type of a feel and a, and a layer and a texture to her shows. And I think it's just brilliant. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one more theory for some of you Olitzers out there. Um, And this is going to be unpopular. And I've been hemming and hawing of whether or not I was going to share it. I could be wrong, but I think that it was between season two and season three that two things happened. We not only stopped getting Olitz moments, but the Olitz moments didn't have the same electricity that they used to have. I think it happened when she got married. Mm -hmm. I'm not an Mm -hmm. actor, but I would presume that given the nature of this show and given the nature of this role, you have to basically give your entire self to the role and your entire self to the coupling. Tony Goldwyn's wife has said that she actually does not and cannot watch the scenes with Tony Goldwyn and Kerry Washington because the electricity is 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 so there. If you remember the early interviews, he would playfully, you know, kind of touch her hand or touch her leg or kiss her on the forehead, and you could tell it was unscripted in the interviews. I am not in any way insinuating that something was going on, but I do think that there was an electricity that was there. And somehow when Kerry got married, that aspect of her being able to give her whole self to the role, she no longer does that. And I think it's part of the reason why that electricity isn't there. Because it literally is not there. So much change. She's a different woman. She got married and she had a child. So it's just like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But we would love to hear your thoughts. If you agree, let us know ABTV's scandal. Um, and if you do not agree, we would also like to hear you. Because dialogue is the lifeblood of conversation. And debate is a dialogue of everything. Love it, love it, love it. Um, so now let's go into Predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV. <laughs> um, I don't have... I'm, I will see what happens next week. We saw that Jake is going to be on the episode and going to be twisty by, by Sally. Go ahead. I don't have any predictions either. I think... I don't, I'm, I don't think Jake is going to be gone anytime soon. And if he does, I think they'll bring somebody else in because she'll she'll need a, a love interest or another guy to they'll need to be an opposite side of fit so I, we'll see what happens I'm just not feeling Jake um, he won't die but I just she needs a new man or something I'm just not feeling this whole this whole this whole back and forth and Jake doesn't really serve a purpose to me so do you think he, um, what's his name Brian White I, I will, is he coming back Brian White I hope so I, I don't think know. so yeah, I, yeah. Okay. I don't know. 
<laughs> all right. We've said it all through the show. Oh, before we give our social media again, thank you so much to everybody who called tonight. We really do appreciate it. We haven't taken fan calls in such a long time. Um, so that was Stephanie, Lonnie, Joseph, and Shane. Right? Shane. Shane. Yes, thank you thank guys you so, so much. much. And we promise we will tweet you, and we really do appreciate it. It was refreshing to hear other opinions besides just us. We talk to each other all the time. So <laughs> it was nice to talk to you guys. We really do appreciate it. And we'll do it more often. We should do that more often. Definitely. Um, but where can we find you guys on social media? At Bam Erickson. Um, at Sophia Stanley and on Instagram, the Sophia Stanley. Ooh-ooh. At Canelia on all social media. And at Emil Ennis Jr. on all social media, YouTube Chasing LA and bestin.social. Guys, we really do appreciate you. We thank you for joining us every single week. We are the Fab Four here for another episode of Afterbus TV Scandal After Show, and we will see you next time. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Afterbuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the Afterbuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterbuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of Afterbuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only, do not necessarily reflect the views of Afterbuzz TV or its owners or principals.